Welcome to the Pastured Pig Podcast, where we share the successes and challenges of raising pigs on pasture. We talk to producers all over the country, from small homesteads to large commercial pasture operations. Whether you're new to pastured pigs or have been raising hogs for decades, we hope you hear new ideas and new perspectives on pasturing hogs. Here's your host, Troy McClung. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Pastured Pig Podcast. It's a uh, cold December evening here. I think we're actually getting our first snow of the year here in West Virginia. Nothing to really worry about. Uh, just a, actually, just a dust, just a dusting of snow. But it's uh, it's nice to see it on the ground. I'm actually looking forward to some frozen ground so the mud will uh, dissipate for a bit. Um, as far as updates uh, here going on on the farm, we've put some plans in the works uh, for updating our herd, kind of rotating them out. I think I may have mentioned that last time. Um, not quite ready to get into the details of that yet, still nailing down some stuff, but uh, anxious to uh, to reveal this to y'all, what we're going to be doing here. We're going to be trying uh, trying a new new angle, a new venture with uh, with our pigs, and, and it's going to be hopefully an exciting year in 2020 as we uh, prepare for that. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted as we go along. Um, got another interview this evening that is uh, somebody newer to the pastured pig operation, but uh, in the first year, I, I like what Jonathan's done. He's, he's gotten some good experience under his belt, uh, but I won't give you more away. We'll dive right into the interview and let him uh, tell his story. So tonight I have Jonathan Nixarian from Roman Acres, and that's in Aiken, South Carolina. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey, Troy, how you doing tonight? No, I'm doing well, doing well. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us this evening. Oh, no, definitely. Thanks for having us. Okay, so Roman Acres, I assume that's not uh, related to Vetian Acres or... Uh... No. <laughs> that, um, that's a poor attempt at a joke. <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> a little southern humor no. there. No, it actually uh, spawned uh, my boar anytime he gets an opportunity to try and eat my wife's toes <laughs> he will so she started calling him brutus okay so a little bit of a, a two brutus caesar reference there all right yeah so i i wasn't far off then was i no okay so even though it's spelled like the southern vernacular of roaming without the g it, it mm-hmm. has, has dual meaning that's Yes, that, that's the beauty of pig farmers. We have so much depth to us. That, you know, <laughs> all right. Well, um, so give me a forty thousand foot elevation of uh, Roman Acres. Your your setup, the, the 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 layout of your farm, the the kind of look you've got going on there. Yeah. So we um, about three years ago we bought twenty one acres. Jordy had a house on it. Um, about six acres is clear. About maybe about the size of a little bit. You know, layout of a football field style. Um, and year one, all we did was we just brought chickens on the farm and, uh, you know, make sure we could do that. Didn't want to overload. And, uh, we didn't lose a single chicken the whole year. Uh, then this, I'm sorry, second year we brought chickens and then we brought pigs on in spring this year. And over the course of two weeks, we lost all of our chickens. Really? And so we brought in new fledgling birds and we expanded the initial uh, sacrifice area, if you want to call it that, around the chicken coop mm-hmm. with the intent that, uh, you know, because we really only have foxes and raccoons for the most part, uh, that a, a pig would uh, deter that. 
And um, shortly thereafter, the pigs made their way into the chicken coop and the chickens made their way into the pig run, if you will. And so now they all intermingle freely. Yeah. And uh, we haven't lost a bird since. Okay. But, uh, I mean, it can happen at any time, I I guess. But so they kind of just intermingle and, uh, you know, share each other's feed when it's still offered. And and that right now takes up about maybe an acre and a half, two acres. Uh, I've set up one um, temporary uh, pasture in the woods, but my dogs won't stay out of it long enough for the pigs to get in it. So uh, I got to get the dogs to not knock the uh, the electrical fencing down long enough for the pigs to get in there, or I have to go visit my neighbors again. Right, yeah. <laughs> that adds additional meaning to Roman acres as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, so we had cows over the summer, and they spent, they'd walk through our six acres of grass and go into the neighbor's garden. Mm. And so we kind of, we could not be, get, convince them not to, so we got out of the cows. Yeah. And uh, I don't need my pigs because pigs are a little more destructive on gardens. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one to bounce back from. Yeah. All right. So, um, so you've got the uh, you've got you said three right now. So you've got what a boar and and, and two gilts. Yes. Okay. So uh, so how did how did you go about first of all what uh, what breed are they and how did you go about uh, choosing these and finding them? Um. So all three of them are purebred Berkshires. Um, and originally we have about five years ago when I started kicking around the idea of trying to do a homestead, um, we have some friends that live up in Maryland that use, uh, do Berkshires and they AI with Durox. And so we were really like the, uh, the heritage breeds and with how hot it gets and how much sun we get down here, I really like the, uh, darker skinned hmm. breeds. So we went with Berkshires, um, and it wasn't that easy to find down here i've ended up uh having to drive three hours for our gilts and it was about an eight hour round trip for our boar oh wow um and then of course through the grapevine i found out i have a neighbor that lives less than a mile away from me that breeds berkshires after i already had them (laughs) and then uh not even 20 minutes up the road there's another guy that had uh 120 piglets on the ground yeah there we go Uh, that's but, why we but, all need to work on our marketing, don't we? <laughs> but that, but that's of course after the fact. So, right. it's the way it um, is. but, uh, and that's just, you know, that is what it is. And we went with the boar cause I really, uh, scalability wise, um, AI can get tedious if you get a lot of sows mm-hmm. sure. and cost prohibitive, whereas a boar can be cost prohibitive if you only have one or two sows. Um, so I hope to expand, and the having a bore on premises will uh, will justify that in the long game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, that that's all about strategy, figuring out uh, what you want to do and how you want to do it. And uh, so, have um, what age did you get these uh, these pigs in, in March? I got the girls. Um, they were November babies, so I picked them up at the end of February. So they were right at I think eleven weeks before okay. mass not off. Yeah. And um, the boar I got right at four weeks. Okay, so um, so let's do the math here. Have 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 you allowed them to mingle yet? Have they bred? Uh, they've they've intermingled since the day we brought them all on uh, on the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I 
the second guilt uh, is in heat now. Okay. Um, I've observed him trying, but I don't know if it's taken. So okay. I'm waiting. I think we're about 15 days out from cycle to see if the first guilt um, made it or settled. Missing. So, so you're looking. You're looking just this first round. Just go ahead and and let them let them try to breed as soon as they're available, as soon as they can do that, and then just just mm-hmm. kind of see how that falls as far as farrowing goes. Do you think you'll set a farrowing yeah. schedule in the future, or are you just going to kind of see how this goes first? Uh, definitely get a schedule going. Uh, but I, right now, I do like the idea of having um, January, February litters. Mm-hmm. But um. That's right now. We haven't thought that far ahead. Um, however, as far as you know, we have kids in school, and certain times of the year is more convenient to not have a lot of chores on that on the property. Right. So scheduling would be a deal. So what are what are winters like in in Aiken? Do, they, do you get really... um, nothing like what you've experienced in West Virginia? I can assure you. Okay. Um, so we just now started getting temperature drops uh, a week ago. It was 90 degrees outside. Yeah. Wow. Um, our now, right now we're getting um, 40 in the mornings and it's getting up to 70, sometimes 80 in the afternoons. Um, I joke that we have a rough summer, but we only have about three weeks of true winter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sometime, but uh, I'm, you know, it's not so bad. Yeah, so obviously a, a winter farrowing is not going to be an issue. In fact, there's a lot of a lot of people that prefer the cold weather farrowings, uh, especially if they have shelter and they can draw the piglets away from the sows with the heat lights to uh, keep mm-hmm. yeah, keep the crushing to a minimum. Yes. All right. So um, so looking at so we we've talked about the choosing of the Berkshire. We've talked about uh, you know, the benefits of that. What have you um, What have you set up as far as uh, have, you, have you laid out your farrowing area yet? Are you Are you going to farrow out on pasture? Or are you going to have a specific uh, stall? So right now the little plan is out on pasture. Uh, we initially, when we first got them, we has had a, a fifty by fifty square that uh, they cleared out before we widened it to include the chicken coop. But I left those posts in place with the intent that when we need to we can restring panels and wire and segregate that and keep the boar away from the mama and the piglets yeah yeah and then there's a uh four by six and about three feet tall shelter out there for yeah yeah it should suffice then okay Mm -hmm. So the uh, the plan will be to, to keep the boar um, obviously away from them after the fact, and then you'll you'll introduce them when you're when you're ready to, to do litters. Are you going to just yes. just looking at one litter a year? You think? Are you going to try two, or does that? Uh, right now, uh, just the two a year, mm-hmm. or each one twice, yeah, each one. A, or each one once a year. Yeah, because um, I don't want to have a, a surplus of piglets right. that I then can't get rid of. Sure. Um, and so we'll kind of. I'm right now. I'm kind of. Testing the waters, uh, see if I'm able to offload those because realistically, I think at most we'd use three a year just for our own personal use, mm-hmm. and we've already committed to giving one to uh, to in-laws, you know. Sure. Yeah. And so, but even then, that's a conservative litter of six. We still still have some surplus there. Right. Yeah. But so- uh, if we can, if we get provided the opportunity to move piglets, then I 
would have no problem doing each of them twice a year. Yeah. Okay. So your your strategy going forward, and again, I know some of this is probably still predicated on on how farrowing goes, but uh, if you look at Berkshire, so you're thinking you ten to twelve to maybe fourteen um, in a in a litter. What if if you have two solid litters like that? What what would you do with uh, twenty piglets at that time? Are you are you going to try to finish them all? You're going to just uh, you know, kind of sell some off. Um, so uh, when I when I got them, uh, I actually got them papered. So there is the option for show pigs as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the boar comes from champion bloodlines that. Uh, not necessarily uh, desirable for meat pig, but there is that. And then the girls come from heritage meat lines. And so we have that mix there. And so the thought process is we're, we will hopefully, you know, sell some as wieners. We'll finish, you know, try and uh, solicit interest early for any finishing. And then we'll finish a couple for ourselves. And then there's a couple uh, social groups where someone's always looking for, uh, for Berkshires or any piglets in general of the heritage breeds. And then uh, I found our girl, all three of them on uh, bestfarmbuys.com mm-hmm. is another outlet and just do that, those routes. Yeah. So uh, looking around at, uh, at your area, when it comes to potential buyers of, of either holes and halves or retail cuts, I'm not sure how, you know, how far you've looked down that path yet are you, are you seeing a lot of competition in that area is there a lot of pastured pig operations is there a demand for pastured pork in that area um so like i mentioned there's a farm not even a half not even a mile down the road that supposedly has them on their website they claim it but i drive past their farm daily i never see them hmm. um there generally isn't a lot of uh postings on like the local social media or craigslist for pigs um, but there is a, a slightly higher-end restaurant market here, but I haven't begun to pursue that. I was mostly just going to go with uh, word of mouth and um, friends for starting. Um, but that other farm that I mentioned 20 miles away, or 20 minutes away, they, when I spoke to them and learned they had Berkshires, they, they're sold, they're saying they're selling them as soon as they, they hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I would think those are still, still very high demand, especially, uh, like you said, since you've got, uh, papers on them. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So, um, so let's back up a little bit. So when you decided to get pigs, you'd said you'd had chickens on there. You guys had started a homestead. Uh, have you had any, did you have any farming experience prior to that? And, and what kind of led you um, down that path? Uh, not really. I grew up in the uh, suburbs of Los Angeles oh, okay. uh, well, as a kid. I mean, there's a lot of ag out there, mostly, mostly strawberries and uh, avocados and grapes. And, uh, but it's something I always wanted to do. Um, you know, I, growing up as a kid, I wanted to be a farmer. Uh, I don't think I realized how much work it is yeah. as a as a child, but um, it's a lot of fun. I like being outside. I like encouraging my child, children to be outside. Sure. Um, much easier to do in the winter months than the summer, obviously. <laughs> but um, uh, and as we, you know, as you get older and you have kids and you start learning about where our food come from, where our food comes from, and 
the process is and what gets added to it. Um, you know, it's kind of a know your farmer and you should know yourself better than anybody else. And so that kind of spawned this, let's, let's create our own food. And so that's kind of, kind of what led us down this path. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So uh, uh, you mentioned uh, kids and family. Are, are they on board or are they heavily involved as well? Or, or is this kind of, uh, this is Jonathan's dream and we all kind of have to go uh, along for the ride. <laughs> so um, it's funny you say that because uh, that would be echoed exactly uh, by my wife. Uh, five, like I said, five years ago, when you're planning it and you're looking at blogs and websites and pages and you know YouTube channels, this seems really exciting and, and a lot of fun. And uh, it's a lot of work um, and a lot of time to get to where it hopefully is a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I, I sincerely believe once we are able to sit down and have, you know, bacon and eggs and everything from our property, uh, the buy-in will be a lot bigger in that regards. Mm -hmm. Whereas right now it's just a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of sweating and a, and a lot of time where, and so that's, that's the goal. Uh, the kids, I think, get it some more than others, depending on the day and how much they have to help. Yeah. But, uh. But yeah, they're they children especially are on board uh, as long as it's not an all day task. Yeah. Now, now obviously you you probably have a, a day gig or or there's uh, or, or yes. your wife. Are, are you guys dual income? Or are you? you... Uh, yes, uh, we both work. Uh, I work okay. four days away from home, and she's five days away from home. Okay, so so obviously there's a balance that has to be struck there. Uh, how's yes. that? How's that been so far? Obviously, you don't you don't have piglets on the ground, but you still have chickens and and three hogs to keep track of. It has has that been an issue yet? Um, no, we are. We've always been pretty good about splitting duties. Uh, so, for instance, I you know I get home, I cook dinner, and she helps with homework. Um, so we've just kind of pushed dinner back a little bit, and now I get home and I you know make sure water's good, all the eggs are collected, everyone's fed. And, you know, tucked in for the night before I come in and then I'd feed the other pigs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Food chain there, obviously. <laughs> chain of yep. command. All right, excellent. Well, um, what have you figured out? Do you have, a, as far as feed goes for your, your breeders and then, of course, for your upcoming piglets, do you have a, a feed strategy as far as type and style and how you're going to administer um, So when we started, um, we were kind of just buying, you know, going to the local bulk store, or bag store and just buying, you know, pig chow. Um, you know, there's a couple options around here. And then as I started, uh, you know, I started making my own mix of, you know, black, black sunflower seeds, some alfalfa, some rolled oats. Uh, and that was just prohibitively expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that turned out digging around, there's a feed mill about 40 minutes away from our house mm. and they offer 14% hog feed uh 16 hog feed and a non-gmo hog feed oh wow um i didn't even ask the price of that because i don't think there's a market for that just yet here in yeah. the area yeah um i mean i'd love to go that route if there's a demand for it but um i do know off the top of my head uh 14 hog feed 17 cents a pound so much more uh much more fiscally doable than buying a month's worth of feed at a time at the, uh, at the bag store. Yeah, that's, uh, interesting. So, so you're, I'm 
sorry, you're 16. I was trying to do the math in my head. I, I went to public school, so you have to bear with me. But, <laughs> you're fine. So, so $17 for your, you say for the 12% or the 16% that you're paying uh, per hundred? It's, um, sorry, I do everything for, by hundred. Yeah. No, 14, that's uh, 14%, 14, $17. Okay. Yeah, so 14% at $17. So yeah, that non-GMO is you know, probably 50 to 80% more there. So Yeah, I actually meant to call them today just to ask, and I got carried away with other tasks yeah yeah that's uh yeah that definitely obviously rubs against profit margin like you said that that value added um that's something your your customers have to recognize and and and, and have that demand there and if if there's not then yeah you really cut into profit margin mm-hmm. and especially with us not having any profit margin yet right um. <laughs> <laughs> making a sucking sound right now isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah whereas whereas right now it at the seven you know, seventeen dollars per hundred pounds. The we sell, I sell eggs to coworkers, and that that almost completely offsets a weekly feed cost for the pigs and chickens. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, well, and then there's obviously your your potential customer base for your pork. There is is your egg yeah, customers and, and building relationships now. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, so. We've talked a little bit about some of your future future production plans, but as it's it's obviously the first year, you're just kind of sticking your toe in the water. What do you see? I mean, if you could wave a magic wand and things go exactly the way you'd want them to, where do you see Roman Acres in five years? Do you is it a is it a large hog operation or is it a multiculture? Um, I would like to be multiculture. I really like the chickens and you know like broiler chickens. Um, and I mean, that'd be a dream, right? To be able to just purely focus on the hogs and not, you know, wake up and go into work and I'd wake up and walk into my backyard. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that'd be great. I'm just not sure if there's a local demand for that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, you know, that's the process. Is Aiken, and I, I didn't look on a map, is Aiken near any major metro area? What's your, what's your... Uh, so we're an hour away from Columbia, which is the capital yeah, of okay. South Carolina, and then we're right across the border from Augusta, Georgia. Okay. So, yeah, you have some, you have a large population around you that you could uh, mm-hmm. expand into. Interesting. Yes. Well, Jonathan, what have you... In, in your first year raising pigs, what have you discovered has been the biggest challenge so far that you maybe didn't expect it to be that bad? Um, I didn't expect it to be so hard to get um, multiple species to coexist when we had the cows and the, the pigs. Um, I made the mistake of using the same energizer for the whole fence system. Mm. And uh, we had a baby bull that would just literally goes through the fence and short it out and then the pigs would follow exactly have the menagerie loose (laughs) yeah um and then you know you you have pigs on your back porch um that gets mom's attention so it gets your attention real quick it does um so we ended up uh you know getting a bigger bigger energizer in separate systems and um, you know, it's, it's weird. Pigs, I, I, I tell people they're a lot like my dogs. Um, you know, they, they're excited to see you. They run to you. Um, sometimes you don't even need a bucket of feed and they'll follow you across the property. Right. Yeah. And they're arguably better than the dog sometimes. 
Yeah, they, they have tons of personality and, and they're incredibly smart. So I, I think as, as people start to raise them, they, they recognize that pretty quickly that uh, there's a lot of personality in a pig. Definitely. So have, have you, do you have a story or do you have a situation this year, and maybe it had something to do with the peak of the heat of the summer, but in a situation where you're so frustrated, you had an issue that you're like, you know, forget it, I, I quit, I, I want to be done. Yeah, did you, have you run into that yet? I did. Um, <laughs> um, so about two weeks ago, in fact, I had <laughs> I just I'd spent uh, a Friday uh, setting up this temporary uh, pasture in the woods, maybe about a quarter acre of it. I, you know, rigged the water, gotten feed over there, driven uh, the grounding rods, everything, uh, you know, soaked through two different shirts in the sweat, the heat. And then the next morning I pulled the pig, you know, I lured the pigs in there. I turned everything on and I went inside, woke up my wife said, Hey, look out the window. There they are. And in time to see both the, uh, we have Australian shepherds pretty much just jump right into the fence and, uh, <laughs> knock over, knock it into a, a bush and then watch the pigs go straight through it. And by the time I had gone out the house and circled the house to go there, I couldn't find the pigs. Oh wow! And so I, jumped on the tractor went out to the road to go down our other road that borders our property and my neighbors are already out scaring them back onto our property and thus began about a two-hour process of corner them in the woods to try and of course now they're fed pigs and trying to convince them to come home right yeah 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 usually the empty belly is the best motivation yeah and they, like i said they just had a full full ration and they were they were not interested Oh, and this is like I said right on the on the tail of the summer with the cows having the same problem I was just, I was about done that's interesting that the the shepherds I, I know most dogs seem to be able to to pick up on that electric fence and won't have anything to do with them I know ours won't um, are, do they are they immune to it do they just, just um, crazy about they, pigs they jump over it Oh, okay. Uh, and some, and this, there's a slight incline there. I didn't cover it. For the most part, we're pretty flat. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you get into the woods, there's little peak, little gullies, and um, drainage ditch, for lack of better words. And so they went. I guess she went to our female went to jump over it and didn't clear it, and kind of brought it down into a bush, and it got tangled up, mm. and it was just all that, literally all downhill from there. Yeah. It's the things, at least least expected things that mess you up at times, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and, and normally she wants, like, you know, she'll come close to them, but as soon as they look at her, she just clams up. So it was really interesting to see her want to be with them. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So in this last year, what have you discovered is easier than you expected with pastured pigs? Um. You know, everywhere you look, they just, you know, you read about how they destroy property or they, you know, root, tear up property, kill trees and, you know, God knows what else. Um, and for the most part, that hasn't been the case. This We had a really dry summer and about the last two weeks we've gotten a lot of rain. So they've started to really dig. Hmm. But, for, you know, need some and get to root systems. But for the most part, I mean. It looks like you just raked the pro, just raked their area, you know, and so it's pretty level, and they haven't really caused a lot of destruction other than uh, foliage. Yeah, yeah, excellent. That's good. 
So, Jonathan, in your experience that you've had so far, if if somebody was where you were um, last spring and they were thinking about starting with pigs, what advice would you give uh, a new pig farmer? Um, build the shelter closer to your your location of the food and water. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it can get tedious. Um, so I assume you just. So you say you've got food stored in a certain area, and so you're you're having to do a lot of uh, hoofing it back uh, and forth. I have well, I have it about maybe about a hundred yards, which mm-hmm. isn't terrible, but it's it's a it's a trek, you know, to leave the walk out the house, walk there, and then circle around. And but uh, but I think when we combine the chickens and the pigs, it kind of you know we go there. I use the, the bucket to carry the food out there, then I use that bucket to carry the eggs back. It kind of kind of cut down on travel yeah yeah streamlining systems yeah and then you know water especially in the summer is just it's it's so important do you have your do you have your pasture area plumbed are you dragging water hoses or carrying buckets uh i have a hose uh i have uh two 50 gallon drums out there with uh nipples Hmm. and uh, as long as i keep them full they don't tip them over right yeah and uh, generally, two of them will last a full week for them and the chickens. The chickens took to those nipples like ducks to water. <laughs> because I had I had been in the process of rigging them their own with these little cups yeah. and elevating it. And about the time I had finally gotten it all ready and ready to plumb, uh, I realized they had they had taken to the uh, the pig nipples. So I just kind of left it. That's hilarious. Are you, are you finding a need for a wallow, or do you have access? Do you have the ability for them to to access water or shade in that situation? Um, we have a lot of shade, so they're in a about um, fifteen of our acres is pretty heavily wooded. Um, most mixed hardwoods, but mostly pine. Hmm. And so, what I'll do is when I head out there, I'll turn the hose on just in a in the dirt. And let them, you know, have that build up, and then when I, and then they have the, um, and that holds the water pretty well. The pine straw holds a lot of moisture as well, and yeah. then the buckets for just regular drinking water. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, any other advice you would offer to to new pig farmers? Um, just, just strap in. They're, they're exciting animals. They, for me, they speak to me. I feel like they're, you know, it's always something new with them. You never, you don't know what they're going to do until they do it. And, um, when they get big and they're still super friendly, it's almost, you know, people aren't used to large farm animals coming up close like that. Like cows kind of, you know, keep their distance. Yeah. Whereas a pig is a up cut you know up in your up in your face cuddle rub against you lean against you and that can be uh can be overpowering to right. some. yeah yeah it could definitely be a little intimidating yeah especially when a 600 600 pounder leans into you to get some rubbing the next thing you know you're yeah. laying, laying on your back <laughs> yeah no definitely <laughs> yeah excellent well, uh, I'll, I'll close with this, Jonathan. What is your in the in the last year of having pigs? What is your favorite thing about raising pigs on pasture? Um, it's just 
the the experience getting to do this stuff with the kids and and you know my wife she goes out there with me too and um get, listen to them describe it to other people and their friends and when they you know our kids friends come over and they want to see it and they have all these questions um it's kind of nice bringing that back to the next generation and letting them see yeah this is a pig and you know this this creates pork chop bacon sausage and all that and that's that's where this comes from yeah yeah, it's it's really a great opportunity to to get your kids connected. I mean, it's it's an education process that is just tough to quantify, but it's it's invaluable when they uh, get to experience it. Definitely. Well, all right. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking some time to talk with us and tell us about your setup. Um, do you have uh, any social media presence? Can people find you online anywhere? Yeah, we're on Facebook. Um... Roman Acres, as you mentioned, the the Southern vernacular. Yeah, yeah. With uh, without the G. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll share that in our uh, our show notes there that people can can see that. And um, all right. Well, if there's uh, if there's anything, uh, are you on any of the Facebook groups? Uh, the Pasture Pig. Uh, yeah. Um, what was it Pasture Pigs for Health and Happiness? I think is the new name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I got a MeWe just in case. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, there's a couple, uh, you know, breed-specific uh, boards or groups on Facebook for, you know, I know there's a Berkshire one. I'm pretty sure there's a Goss one. And then there's, uh, you know, just those. I'm in some, I think, just about most of the big ones. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and talk with us tonight. And uh, I hope uh, you have a great week and your pigs stay in your fence. Yeah, thanks. Don't we all? All right, right Troy. Take, Take care, Jonathan. Well, all right. So uh, there's a, there's a take on somebody new, uh, newer to pastured pigs, and uh, pray that Jonathan has success with uh, what he's got going on down there in South Carolina. Well, if you would like to be on the podcast, uh, or know somebody that would be, or would like to uh, specific, <laughs> or you'd like to uh, specify a topic that we should take a shot at. Uh, just uh, give me a shout. You can obviously uh, reach me at our website, redtoolhouse.com. Uh, just go to the Pastured Pig podcast link. There's a form. You can just fill that out real simple. Or feel free to just drop me an email, troy at redtoolhouse.com. Uh, just put something in there about the podcast in the, in the uh, subject line so I can get it, and we'll, we'll incorporate that into our discussion. Um, if you haven't yet, please uh, subscribe. Uh, please give us a review. Uh, or a rating that obviously helps other people find us. I know we're a very niche podcast, so probably not going to have millions and millions of downloads. But uh, if you know of anybody that's in the pig uh, pig raising business or even as a hobby, uh, share this uh, podcast with them if you would. All right. Well, I pray everyone have a great week out in the pasture. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. To learn more about our podcast or to submit topics or recommend guests for future episodes, visit redtoolhouse.com.